0: Welcome to Smith Weekly Discussions, an occasional program for our readers and listeners of Smith Weekly Research. Please note this program is a private discussion and everything contained herein is for entertainment and educational purposes only. With that, we hope you're in a comfortable position, along with your favorite beverage, to enjoy the discussion. Before we get into our discussion, we want to say thanks for questions coming from our audience at Smith Weekly, including Peter S, Mike P, and Paul M. We have on John Bay, President, CEO and Chairman of Standard Uranium, a new uranium-focused company yet to be listed that has the Davidson River Project in Canada's Athabasca Basin. John, thank you for coming on.
1: Hey, thanks for uh, having me on. Great to be on, Andrew.
0: So John, why don't you give us your background briefly, kind of tell us what you've been up to uh, as far as your your background in the sector and and outside of the sector, and then why you came to look at uranium as part of the natural resource markets. Sure,
1: I'd be happy to. So I got into this space uh, probably about 12, 13 years ago. Uh, I came from a, a teaching background. I came out of university as a as a high school teacher, left that, and I got recruited to be a you know business develop corp dev guy for a, a group of uh, mining companies back in around 2006 or so. Mining was booming, as most people know, and living in Vancouver, every other job was in the mining space. So I got recruited to this group called the Hamilton Resource Group, and they had sort of a Hunter Dickinson type of model where they had about 12 companies under under management, and I was brought in to sort of help Corp Dev and investor relations and sort of learn the space. And under that group, we had gold companies, silver companies, copper, diamonds, oil and gas, and uranium. One of the companies was actually Forum Uranium, which was led at the time by... By Rick Mazer, who still actually runs that company. So that so I started that. Uh, I was with that group for about three years. I really got to know um, different sectors. Uranium was went through quite a quite a run at that time. Um, when the market started to uh, go through terrible periods of around 2008 to 2010, that uh, group of companies sort of disbanded, and I went on and started my own uh, my first company on my own, which was called Steel Rose Communications. I basically took one of those uh, the oil and gas company, which was still doing quite well. And use that as a leverage to start my own uh, investor relations firm, which I, I still have running right now as well. Um, over the years, from that period up until today, I've worked in tech, I've worked in oil and gas, I've worked in junior resource base, I've worked in cannabis space. And about two years ago, I was approached by an individual that, I'm, that I've known for probably fifteen years, and he said, "Look, I want you to think about uh, uranium and where uranium is headed." So it, I hadn't touched uranium since. Uh, the early days, and I, I'd known it had been in a sort of a really bear market for the last eight to ten years. So I started doing my diligence on it, and the concept was to create a new uranium company focused on the Athabasca Basin to capitalize on where we think the uranium market's going. So after you know my diligence, I, I got really excited and decided to, to jump on board and, and spearhead this, this new company, Standard Uranium.
0: What is your take on uh, where we are in the uranium market today, and what do you see as really the key parts um, moving this ball forward?
1: Good question. When we looked at the diligence, you know about a year and a half ago two years ago, we really thought the opportunity for uranium to take off again over a, a longer period was was quite high. We liked uh, you know the supply demand uh, spread. We could see the demand coming in the future, especially with company, countries like India and China with their the reactors they're building. And the amount of supply that was really starting to get smaller and smaller so we like that the number of catalysts that were coming up We noticed there were a number of unique Uranium funds that were starting up and when you see those coming, you know They're they're smart and they're getting in for a specific reason. Uh, I started following you know Mike Alkin when he first came out and did that one uh, You know interview at the Vancouver resource show I watched that multiple times and reached out to Mike right after seeing that so one of the things that we really did um, look towards was, you know, when Section 232 was put in place, you know, almost a year and a half ago now, and we really started to notice that utilities were were not buying, and that really had a, a significant impact on where we see things today. So with that coming offline in the next 30 days, um, you know, the people we've been talking to and, and watching, we're really hopeful that that's going to be a, the next catalyst to start to get the spot price moving and start to see those utilities start to sign long-term contracts and see the spot price move again.
0: So let's move on to Standard Uranium. Um, if you can, can you lay out the strategy with Standard Uranium? Uh, what do you see as an ideal strategy with this new vehicle that is yet to be listed, and how do you plan to exit?
1: So we started Standard Uranium with um, you know a few things in mind. Number one, the Athabasca Basin, we thought is the, um, probably the greatest place in, in the world to find high-grade uranium deposits. And in that area, the southwest corner, where we have uh, you know the triple r discovery and the aero discovery that region we believe is quite prospective for for high grade uranium yet to be found so we have a project that was uh it came to us from a fellow by the name of jody de we put that project into standard uranium and we knew if we could build a good team around that project and time the market right this would be a great opportunity for investors to do quite well and exit as the as the uranium market really starts to take off again so our strategy was to take this private company and do a, a you know a direct listing on the TSX Venture, which we're aiming to complete this summer, probably mid August, and then we'll have a vehicle with a highly prospective project in the Athabasca Southwest Corner.
0: What is your thoughts? Uh, you know, there's quite a, ha- a a large group of companies that are focused in that Athabasca Basin area. With with the big group there, I think investors sometimes look at this big group of companies, and probably new people to the sector. Look at this big group and get overwhelmed. Why, why should they look heavily at standard uranium as as one of the ways to get exposure to Athabasca Basic Canada uranium?
1: Great. So we uh, you know there's a lot of companies um, in our general area of the southwest corner. You look at uh, you know, Cameco's there, Orano's there, Denison, Fission, NextGen, Sky Harbor, PurePoint, they're all around that area. But the, one, the two companies that have made big discoveries, of course, are, are Fission and NextGen with their triple R and Aero discoveries. Both those discoveries lie on the, the Patterson Lake corridor. So for us, we don't consider ourselves just an, an area play. We consider ourselves a, a highly prospective target. And I'll tell you why. We have, uh, you know, our geologist is developed by the name of um, Neil McCallum, our VP of exploration. And beside him are one of our board members is Garrett Ainsworth. Well, Garrett was, they have both been in the, in the basin for 10 plus years. And Garrett specifically was the, the VP of exploration at Alpha, which actually found the boulders, which led to the, the RRR discovery. Um, you know, when Vision took over Alpha, uh, Garrett moved over to NextGen. And he was um, he won the Bill Dennis Award for actually being the lead in the technical team that was responsible for that aero that discovery. So Garrett has seen two discoveries in this same region. Now, that doesn't mean that's just because we're beside them, that's great. But we have a theory which is called the Clearwater Domain Theory. And that means the, uh, the discoveries that were made on the east of the Clearwater Domain, which is the intrusion that came up and actually brought the fluids and dropped the uranium into those regions, we believe there's going to be discoveries made on the west side of that. And that's where we are. But not just that. We did um, our VTEM work to identify the conductors, which we believe would go through our, our property. We completed that last year. And we have uh, 26 conductors that run through our project. Even more exciting. The PLS conductor, which hosts the R in the aerial, we believe that continues. It runs right through our project, and that is what we're going to be drilling next year. So that's why investors should be pretty excited
0: to see what we have with that conductor. Okay, let's talk about the uh, the standard uranium listing. When is that happening, and what is the structure of the listing as far as the the shell that's being uh, reversed, or or how is that? What's the process that you're planning on going through when you plan for that venture exchange listing?
1: Perfect. Yes, so you did mention it there. We are listing on the the, the Toronto Stock Exchange on the venture side, and it's going to be a direct listing. So we had plans in 2018 to look at doing a uh, reverse takeover, but we've uh, decided to do a direct listing instead. Uh, We've gone down that path with the TSX Venture, been working with them since January, as well as the BC Securities Commission. And right now, all our paperwork is, is lining up to have us listed somewhere in august uh we can't control the timing on their end but we're going to have all our materials ready for them and that includes having a 43 101 on the Davidson river project completed and that can be found on our website as well as we will have our you know our audit financials all set and we'll have a, a non-offering uh, prospectus which will be on the,
0: on there as well and when the listing is all wrapped up what is the the anticipated structure of the public company expected to be and who are the substantial shareholders uh, and how much will management own when it does go public?
1: Sure. Currently we have about, we have 38.9 million shares out uh, of that, you know, management and seed investors. We own about 74% of that. Um, we have uh, some uh, institutional investors in, in, in our group and they have not asked that, uh, you know, we name who they are because uh they have the reasons for that when we do list uh, we're currently completing a capital raise right now the goal was to raise um 750,000 canadians to sort of complete our listing and our summer exploration program and i'm happy to say we are uh, oversubscribed already we probably already have over over a million in and we're going to close that that off in the next few weeks the goal is to complete our summer exploration program and then move towards uh, our, our go public in in august and then we're going to be doing the exploration works which will allow us to be fully permitted and have all our drill targets ready um, for the fall with a, with the full drill program planned for the winter. We will have roughly between between 45 and 50 million shares up once we go public of that management institutions and you know we will have probably just about the, the minimum number of shareholders required to meet uh, the TSX, which will be just over 200 shareholders. so it's going to be a very tightly held float. Of that, there'll be about half of that, 50% of that, will be free trading on public listing. And the original seed, seed um, shareholders, they're going to be escrowed for about two and a half to three years.
0: So what what is your, John, if you can share with us, what is your cost basis for the shares? And how does management plan to align with shareholders after the listing?
1: The original seed uh, investment route uh, was was done at $0.05. Cents. So of that, we raised uh, 500000 We also acquired the Davidson River project uh, from Jody DeRouge Um, that was acquired for for 23 million shares. So the original seed round was 10 million shares. And then we did a capital raise last uh, fall and we raised uh, $860,000 at 15 cents. And the capital raise we're doing right now is also being done at 15 cents. Both the capital raise last fall and this one is going to have uh, 25 cent warrants which will be expiring in, in four years. So it's quite nice terms for those investors coming in now.
0: Okay, and what was what was the uh, the time frame as far as uh, some of these shares being locked up?
1: The time frame is we're waiting to hear back from the TSX Venture. It'll either be so the original that twenty three million shares that were acquired from uh, Darouge, uh, those ones and those will be locked up for either two or three years, depending on the amount of capital that we raise on this listing.
0: Well, let's let's talk management now. Um, why don't you give us an overview uh, of the management team and some of the key people there?
1: So we have currently three people on management, and that is myself as the CEO, president, and, and chairman. We have Neil McCallum, who is our VP of exploration, and we have Martin Bagett, who is our CFO. Outside of those three individuals, we have our, our board. Uh, Neil and myself are board members, and we have Garrett Ainsworth, who I mentioned previously, and we have Blair Jordan comes to us um, he has been in his past life uh, you know a lawyer corporate securities lawyer as well as an investment banker ten years with Credit Suisse and uh, recently with Echelon and he has uh, multiple years of capital markets
0: experience and uh, he was with uh, Ascent Industries if I recall or, or is the interim over there or was uh, what's what's the involvement with that company
1: sure so let me tell you a bit about blair blair was uh, when i first met him he was an investment banker at echelon so he uh he and i started working together there about three years ago where he hired he actually asked me to join him to uh, take a tech company uh, public which was a japanese video game company i worked with blair on that for about a year and then he decided to leave echelon and join uh, ascent at the time uh it would have been around you know january of 2018 ascent was an up-and-coming young junior cannabis company based in british columbia they had hired uh, Blair to come on as uh, capital markets expertise and help them go public. Uh, Blair asked myself to give him a hand with that and help them with their go public strategy, which I did. Uh, since that time, Blair transitioned into the CFO role for a brief period, and then he stepped in as an interim CEO, which he has just uh, walked away from as of last month.
0: Well, let's talk about Davidson River. You kind of mentioned it there. What, what's, what's the plans uh, for the rest of the year? And then also in 2020, and also, what do you expect will be the expenditures on the project for the rest of this year and 2020? What do you see there?
1: Sure, great uh, question. So in Saskatchewan, once you um, acquire a project, you've got basically two years if you stake it to uh, not have to do any spend on it. but since since this was a project stake previously, as soon as we acquired that, we have a, a you know a spend we have to do every year of between four and five hundred thousand dollars just to keep those claims in good standing. We've been continuing to do uh, geophysical work. We started with uh, a VTEM work last year, and we just completed ZTEM work, which we'll start to get the results in the next uh, few weeks. On top of that, we're going to be doing uh, summer exploration work. We're going to send four geos to site to really walk the project, look for uh, look for boulders, and also uh, look at the sites we have identified as our as our drill targets to make sure we can get drill rigs in there that aren't on the side of a hill, so forth. That will all be completed by uh, in the middle of August, and we'll get the analysis back. And we intend to have those targets, four or five uh, drill targets, really identified to get those rigs set up. And we plan to have those fully permitted and drill ready, with the hopes of starting a drill campaign in uh, February, March of 2020. Now that campaign uh, will be pushed forward uh, primarily when the uranium market starts to move and starts to get some momentum. We have uh, we'll come back to the market in the fall and do a uh, a drill campaign capital raise, and we want to raise around three million dollars at that point, and that'll all be going towards the drill program. We figure we can get about 20 drill holes of about six thousand meters, which will give us a really good look at those uh, targets we've identified in that conductor.
0: That sounds good. I appreciate the information on that. Now, now if if things are delayed in the uranium market and, and things don't move as expected, uh, next month in July, you know people are expecting 232 to, to maybe potentially come out. Uh, the jury's still out on on if that'll actually happen on time. If, if things are slow for the rest of 2019, do you guys see really uh, delaying your efforts out in the field uh, and more kind of just a conservative type approach waiting for things to move before you start to move?
1: We have uh, two tracks planned right now. One is if uh, the market stays as is and, and improves. And the other one is if the market stays you know potentially gets gets worse which could potentially happen if there's not a great result or no result from from 232 um we are you know we're leaning towards the fact that we believe we're going to see the uranium market start to move in the later half of 2019 and early 2020 so we've gone ahead and we've got uh, all our planning in place Uh, vendors identified so forth and all the relationships building to really make this drill park program go ahead and that's sort of the direction we're we're pushing towards if uh, we decide to delay the drill program, we will have enough, enough capital uh, in our reserves to last us for at least, uh, at least 24 to 30 months.
0: Okay. And, John, how do you look at company GNA structure in terms of compensation, promotion, non-exploration expenditures? How do you see creating value for shareholders?
1: Well, I'd say you could probably compare our, our g to any other sector. Or sorry, any other companies in our space, and you'd see where we come up quite favorably. We have a very small internal team; most who are on very uh, small salaries, uh, and with uh, back end compensation for for options, so forth. We really are invested in making this this company go forward quite nicely. Myself, I take a very small salary of you know three thousand dollars a month, which also helps cover off uh, you know office space. So it's quite uh, quite reasonable. You know, our Berm rate is probably less than twenty thousand a month right now.
0: How do you see the exit strategy for standard let's say there is something out there at Davidson River and uh, something that, that creates some good value for shareholders. What's the plans in terms of longer term uh, is does the company come forward with a strategy of of the expectation that it will build to produce and advance enough value there for someone to look at buying the company out, or is there a desire? Uh, to maybe take it a little bit further than that and and take it on into a potential discovery and then maybe even a development?
1: So great question, and we do uh, address this uh, quite often. We believe that the southwest corner of the Athabasca Basin, where we are, there are going to be mines and a mill built there in the next uh, number of years, whether that's five to ten years down the road, hopefully on the shorter end of that. I know both both NextGen and Vision are both talking about, you know, being in the production by 2025. Uh, for us, we are right beside them, so we would be, uh, you know, a great feed source should we make a discovery in that space. But we do like the the strategy that that, that both NextGen and fission are, are going along with right now. You know, they find a, they make a discovery, and they can continue, continue to drill it out and add to the resource and add value to their shareholders until, uh, you know, if an offer comes along that you can't refuse and the shareholders want to go that way, that's one way we could go as well.
0: And how should investors approach the uranium mining sector? In general and what red flags should they look for when considering companies proclaiming to be in the business of, of uranium
1: well I think uh, you know if I was giving advice to to retail investors and they're starting to learn the space first thing I would do is do some homework do some diligence figure out the space there's a lot of good people out there they can follow on Twitter or there's reports like your own report they can read and get some, some basic information I would then ask them or direct them to really look at uh, a few things look at uh, where the projects are look at the safe jurisdiction look at uh, what the company has done in the past not so much the company itself but also each individual individual on that uh, management and board what kind of experience do they have and what is what is the exit strategy if they make a discovery are they in an area where it could never be brought to production or are they in an area where it could actually be a you know fantastic result for the company and shareholders and then I would say, don't put all your eggs in one basket. Look around and see if you can find the number of companies that you like. Uh, some might be companies that are already you know, in production in different parts of the globe. Could be uh, early exploration companies like ourselves. And then also give yourself an opportunity to find a company that has yet to make a discovery. So if they do make a discovery, you can have massive upside for, for shareholders. Not only that, we like to look at where, where fission and where Next Gen were a few years ago before they made the discovery, the share prices they were at and what happened to those share prices when they made the discoveries. And those discoveries were made in bear markets. So we always say to investors, you know, can you imagine if a company like ours makes a discovery in that region and it's happening when the when the uranium's in a bull market, it could be, uh, could be incredible. So giving yourself lots of potential upside is it's always huge.
0: Well, thanks for sharing your ideas on that. Why should investors consider taking a stake in standard uranium today? What would you say to potential investors who are looking at this and, and awaiting the listing?
1: I would say to them, really, um, you know, take the time to go through our research, have a look at our, our 43-101, do some background information checks on the people we have in our team, look at that region we're in, and look at, uh, you know, the, the background of what happened with, with fission and, and next year when they made the discoveries. Uh, we like to compare ourselves to where they were prior to their discoveries and having you know, Garrett Ainsworth on our team and the material that, that we're looking at with geophysics is pretty exciting because he's seeing a lot of the same stuff that he saw when he was with those two companies. Um, so I tell investors, you know, if you believe that there is an opportunity for a discovery in this region, uh, we're a fantastic option for you to take a look at.
0: And John, how can investors reach out to the company for more information?
1: Uh, the best way is just to go right onto our website, that's uh, www.standarduranium.ca. On there you can find uh, all our reports, you can find contact details where you can reach out to me by email or phone. And also on on Twitter, you can reach, find me at, at Standard
0: Uranium. Well, John, I really appreciate you taking the time today and uh, good luck with Standard Uranium.
1: Thanks, Andrew. I really appreciate you uh, giving us the opportunity to share our story with your with your audience. and. Once again, anyone that wants to reach out to me, I'm pretty easy to access on Twitter, and I uh, I love talking about our company and, and where Uranium's headed.